Hi, I'm Maddie Stout, and welcome to Access Podcast, the podcast about podcasts, right here on iHeartRadio. I'm super excited about our guest this week. We've got Seth Lind, you might know him from This American Life, and Mujan Zulfagari, actress, comedian, and just overall awesome lady. They're in to talk about their new improvised comedy sci-fi podcast, Mission to Zix. Here's a taste. Who's ready to go the ass end of space? Allow me to introduce you to our security officer, Dar. Oh, wow. You are enormous. Ambassador Dixon. Wow. Perhaps do not begin conversations I'm with s- addressing someone's I'm sorry. size immediately. I'm sorry. So I'm with Seth Lind and Mujan Zolfagari. They are co-creators of Mission to Zix. And both of them uh, play characters I like. But I really like Mujan's a whole, whole lot. Her character is Bargy Jade, who's the actual ship. And as I'm saying this, you're going to be like, what do you mean she plays a ship? (laughs) I guess you have to understand what Mission to Zix is. I Let me just start by saying, love it, love it, love it, love it. First one, I was in, and I was in for good. This is definitely one every week I'm looking forward to. This morning, I couldn't wait for the new one to come out. But I've been trying to tell folks around work what what it is exactly. So I'm going to let you try to tell folks what it is exactly. Uh, sure, I'll give it a shot. So Mission to Zix is an improvised science fiction sitcom uh, for your ears. And so it's it uh, follows a crew of ambassadors who have been sent to a distant, horrible corner of the galaxy to attempt to establish diplomatic relations. Uh, I believe we refer to it as the ass end of space. Yes, they're sent to the ass end of space. Uh, to uh, to try to uh, perform diplomacy with inhabitants of planets who who uh, don't really want to meet them, and they repeatedly fail on those missions. Or do they? <laughs> or uh, right, right, they could succeed at any moment. <laughs> I can't get over the quality of the production of. I mean, I should expect it. Seth is also operations director for This American Life. This show, I would say, not really This American Lifey, except for in the quality of it, and that's what I'm fascinated by is how you guys actually do the show. And I don't want to get become like a production nerd, but I'm sure. just I'll try to picture like how right. are they doing this? Yeah, I mean we have a we're 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 really lucky with our um our sound engineer and um and sound designer Shane O'Connell who works at the studio where we record in Greenpoint uh Greenpoint Brooklyn. And he's just like he we had finished recordings and he said hey do you have someone designing this i'd give a shot and it turns out he's just like really really brilliant and he really gets the show so he's adding a lot with his design yeah and for those like unfamiliar like these are elements that are added on later so as an improviser when we're doing these episodes i I, when i listen to it like a final cut that's i listen to the same thing everyone else is and i'm like oh my god this is awesome (laughs) i didn't know we'd have those sounds in right and the reverse is true where you can say like and the wall falls down and we cut that out and then then shane just puts in like insane soundscapes you sort of have this unlimited budget and so everything when you're doing a live improv show on stage where you're just like you know someone on the back line is making sound effects with their mouth like we can put all that stuff in in post I tell people all the time, I have a company where I, I do some podcasts for, for companies, and they always come in and they go, I want it to be like This American Life. And I, <laughs> I, and I immediately go, okay, well, how, what's your budget? Because, you know, these aren't easy to do uh, with, you know, when you have so much sound going on. Um, are you, how much of this is, uh, how, much, how much editing has to be done on, on this podcast? Or, or are you just that funny, you guys just go and that's it, done? Um, we, uh, we record probably about, an hour to 90 minutes to get a half hour episode. So it's a decent amount of editing. Um, I am 
intimidated by how funny the rest of the cast is. So I would, I would, I think they are all brilliant. But part of it is just to like we want it to be kind of sitcom length. Um, but it is also a luxury to be able to cut out bits that just didn't quite land or tighten things up. So yeah, or if we have a guest uh, who comes in and uh, we have specific language that we use, like we say the word "juck." And we say the word Tellurian to refer to a human and like certain like words that we're keeping in every single episode. If they say something incorrectly, we go back and like do certain takes again. But every in there's no new information like pre written. It's all improvised. Speaking of that word, uh, Juck, you play Bargy Jade, who is the ship that the folks live in. And she is a silge. Oh, thank you so much. You know, she's got she's got that. She might be an old ship, but she's a ship everybody wants to to fly, I think. So, uh, soldiers, ships, I'd like to jock. Yeah, that's not safe for work, as you know from listening <laughs> to the show. And and Bargy, I, I I I think that she's a cross for me, a cross between when Dana Carvey used to play Mickey Rooney, and he would talk about like I've done it all, <laughs> and and Joan Rivers. So, oh. wh- who are you well, pulling from when you do it? Oh, boy, just like, I think, you know, living in New York City, you just come across people who are kind of like that. Like, just like old, haggard people who just, like, had enough. You cross the street, and they're like, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> like, I just, I think for me, it was just living in New York for eight years. That, to me, is the epitome of living here, that voice. Yeah, if you're, like, out, if you go out on to, like, Long Beach to uh, take the Long Island Railroad out to Long Beach or something, and you, like, bump into somebody, that's, you might, you might run into a human version of Bargy out there. Yeah. <laughs> But they don't have the backstory. No, no. The film career, the storied film career, no. I mean, they might. If you sit with them for a while, they'll tell you everything. So I think Bargy's that type. But if you dock next to Bargy, she'll tell you everything about her life, even if you don't want to know anything about her life. The thing I love about Bargy, I love Bargy in like the scenes, is that like Bargy is this element of chaos, where even even though the comedy is always going to come from surprise and things going wrong, like Bargy will burst in with just like anything. And then we just have to deal with it. And she's constantly creating problems that are so funny. And so it's just like she's the wild card. So like I said, I sit like as I'm listening, I'm like, what are they doing while they're doing this? And I, and I, and I just I picture you, Mujan, sitting in the corner and like thinking, thinking, thinking and then going, bam, and then dropping <laughs> a, a bargy rock on everybody. I like to think it's that way. Sometimes it's just like, ah, I need something. <laughs> I just say something weird. <laughs> well, and the nice thing is like so the best stuff comes when you don't have time to think often. I think like it. And then we just have to figure out how to deal with it. And uh, Jeremy Bent, who plays C-53, the droid is he he sort of has he's in this like explainer role so like when something crazy happens he always can act like it's totally normal and come up with like a wild explanation for why something is true he can justify anything right (laughs) and uh, the the other thing that's that's great about the show is for me i've listened to the first three episodes two times each and it's just that i get a the first time i listened i was like i thought i knew what everybody looked like and then I listen again, like, no, I don't think they look like that at all. And I, and I, and I like that element of, like, you kind of don't really know. You know, you get a kind of an idea, but not really. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, we haven't all really talked to each other, the performers, but I think what I might envision, like, a Nermit to look like, who, who Seth plays, is perhaps different from everybody else believes. Uh, I'm, like, excited maybe one day if we have, like, fans, uh, people will send us, like, drawings of, like, what they actually think that we look like. Uh, but yeah, it's all in your imagination. It's a podcast. Because there's like an image of Bargy on the the 
art of the podcast. Bargy, we sort of know what she looks like, but at the same time, I still feel like we could come up with a reason why that's not even really the picture of Bargy. Yeah. At one time, I think I referenced that she wears tiny skirt, but I still don't know where those tiny skirts come. Right, right. Yeah. That was your head. That was your headshot from when you were, you know, first on a, on a, you were, you were on a sitcom back in the day. <laughs> I, I think, you know, Jad Applebaum, I had a description once for a good podcast, and he said that, you know, when I'm doing a good podcast, I'm painting a picture, and you're holding the paintbrush. And I think about with this podcast is you're painting a picture, but I've got like colored pencils, and I'm doing it, but I can erase, and I'm, I'm redrawing it again, and and that's one of the reasons I really really love the podcast uh, so much. How is the, you know, setup for, for one of these episodes? Like how much, you know, I always wanted the same thing about like Larry David, you know, how much of it is, is, is laid out and then how much of it is just, it goes off on a tangent you didn't expect. I think uh, it, it's kind of shifted as we've done more episodes. Like in the early episodes, one of the only single things that information that we have is that we ask the guests, like what sort of character do you want to be and where in the world are we going? So we have that into play. But now that we're thinking we were going to, we're actually having like a season arc there are certain elements that we know we want to have in the show, but we don't. We still don't know as we're recording it how we get there. So yeah, I mean, I think that like from what I've read about Curb Your Enthusiasm, I think they have a pretty structured outline. I don't, and and occasionally actual lines. We never have lines, and like Lujan said in the beginning, it would really just be some the guest saying, "I want to play, I want to play a bounty hunter," but. He's he he's really lonely, and so he's like glomming onto you because he wants friends, and so that's all we know going in. And then we might spend a few minutes at the top, just kind of like talking. And Winston, who plays um, like a lot of walk-on characters, might say like, "Oh, you need someone. To, we'll have someone introduce that guy." So like, you we'll, we'll meet someone before him, and then and then we jump in and just and just record. Yeah, I think the only like real structure that we have we have so far. Who knows? But uh, is the top of the show, we're all on the ship. And then middle of the show, we're at the mission. And the end of the show, we're back on the ship. So that's like the, if we were to put like a act break or something, yeah. that's what it would be. Right. And we do we, we do record pickups a little bit for if, because once we've edited, we need little transitions or we realize we've contradicted something in a previous episode or just um, just we think like a little a little tiny thing isn't working. And that's really mostly just in the intro and outro parts because we don't have the guest anymore. We have to get we get everything from them in that, you know, in that one hour. I want to talk about the guests that you have on the show some really awesome folks have uh, lined up to be on the program. I can't wait for the ones coming, but talk to us about some of the folks that will be dropping in on the Mission to Zix. We've had uh, Sashir Zameda from Sarant Live, and we today's we had Connor Ratliff, who's from UCB and all sorts of amazing things. And we have Jordan Carlos coming up, Jop Gabris coming up. Oh, boy. It's like all of our friends who are also part of the Uprisons Brigade Theater. Yeah, Laura, uh, Lauren Adams from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, she's on an episode coming up uh, where I guess we can spoil a little bit, but she yeah. she plays a uh, she plays a waitress at a space diner who has never left the diner. <laughs> um, yeah. John Gabris plays a fun character that we could spoil if you want to. I think Seth, you probably explain better. <laughs> Maybe the name of it. John Gabris plays a uh, droid named... B69420. Um, and he is presented to us as a loader droid who will be useful to us, but he's actually just a uh, roast droid. Um, so, uh, and, you know, Gabrus does, he he's from, mo most everyone is somehow involved with UCB, but he also does Comedy Bang Bang a lot, is on TV yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And that was interesting recording because everyone else that we've had so far has been in our studio in Greenpoint, but we actually 
I guess we like Skyped or something in yeah. John Gabrus. He, right. he was doing it from his own studio in Los Angeles. And so we didn't even get to, we saw him, but he wasn't in the room. But right. somehow, hopefully it all worked out. And actually that sort of a- added a thing we didn't realize because we realized that he had his like computer up with our character names on it. So he was actually like really fast with like calling us out individually on things. And like he had our, he like had our little backstory. So I think he, he like sort of like cheated in this way that was totally useful for the episode. So Shashir's character in this, the second episode, I can't imagine having done that and not having her the voice high pitched because it's so perfect. We did actually. We're really we're lucky with our studio setup because we get to have versions of the voice filters live in our headphones. So they get replaced um, with like nicer versions. But we have Bargy C fifty three and then guests if they have filters. We get to hear all those live and it really is super fun. Now Seth, you were you know from This American Life director of operations and I want to talk a little bit just about the podcasting world and how it's expanded. This sure. American Life. You're, it's royalty, baby. You're royalty. It's the it's the crown jewel of of the podcast world. You can't see, but Seth right now is wearing so much gold. Oh, I'm sure yeah, he is. True. But so I was one of the guys that started Stitcher, and and in general, oh, I, I, I thought NPR was, you know, they were the first company that 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 was a radio company that said, you know what, we see something in podcasting, and we we know that it's not it doesn't it's a different audience. We're not going to lose radio listeners. What has been that environment watching that you know go from you know the radio show being you know, the radio show to being the podcast. You know, the podcast is like all about it now. Yeah, it's been fascinating. I've worked there for 11 years and that was before we had a podcast at all. I started there in 2006. And so, um, and I think one of the reasons that public radio got into podcasting so early and has done so well is they were always used to giving away their programs for free. I think that commercial radio, like they felt way more nervous about losing revenue to this, you know, we're not just going to put a file on the internet. Um, and so, you know, public radio shows were willing to distribute that way before there was any kind of revenue model or before there were numbers or before there was advertising or anything. So um, so I think those shows really took off. And then um, and then This American Life in particular and shows that kind of have taken on that tone, I think just like kind of had the they already had this sort of like one on one personal Internet tone that it was, came out through like YouTube and blogs. So it really fit as like a thing to, to consume on the Internet. Um, and and yeah, it's just been amazing to see how it's like it grew steadily and then just kind of blew up in 2000, starting 2014 when Serial really brought awareness and Apple put their podcast app, they baked it into the phone um, for everyone. So so it's um, it's changed a lot. You know, here at iHeart, it, it is iHeart is really expanding and, and jumping headfirst into podcasting. And uh, I'm really excited about that. And, you know, I have. I always wonder what it's like working with Ira Glass because I have a quick Ira Glass story, and and it was when we started Stitcher. I I was the director of content, so I'm I'm, I'm trying to get folks to come onto our platform, and this you know we had a deal with NPR, but I had to call uh, This American Life, and I ended up getting to talk to Ira, and I'm trying to explain to him the the app and what it does and why it's good, and I'm really not doing a good job of it. I had been a radio <laughs> guy my whole life. I did mornings, and then I you know yeah. decided to go over and do this thing. And and then right in the middle of it, Ira just stop, kind of quietly goes, it's hard starting a business, isn't it? And I just like, <laughs> it is. And then it, it just it was like it turned from me pitching into like this therapy thing. Yeah. Um, is is that you know, is that is that typical Ira Glass? I mean, I would think of that almost as an interview technique, you know, because I think like if he sensed that like you were feeling like 
it wasn't going well or something. And sometimes if you're interviewing someone and they they're like clamming up or they're not not like they you would say something sort of encouraging that's like yeah 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 like um one time I was like I normally am behind the scenes or voicing ads but I've a couple times surfaced and been on the show and one time I was telling this like personal story about seeing the movie The Shining when I was four I think four or seven anyway too young to see The Shining and uh and and I was being interviewed in the and I was talking and he wasn't asking a question, but he was just sitting across from me and he was doing that like, yeah, yeah, yeah thing with your hand, like sort of like more, more, more. Yeah, yeah, that's good. More, more, more. And I was kind of like, I was kind of like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I guess I'm going to try to do more of it because he wants it. So I felt like more, give me more. So I, but it was, it was like validating and I think led to kind of like a deeper telling of that part of the story. So I feel like that in a way is sort of like that. He like paused to acknowledge what he imagined was maybe your experience and then i don't know maybe the pitch was easier after that he's a good therapist yeah yeah <laughs> it was because and, and i was like oh that's that's nice and then i got off the phone i'm like he's nice and and, we, and, it, <laughs> and uh, anyway right now i'm really excited about podcasting and i think you know i've always been excited about podcasting but you know 10 years ago we thought okay, this is it, it's going to make it. And then Serial broke, it's like, this is you know really going to go, and it started to pick up, And but it really feels like this last year, it's really caught a lot of traction. And I think this podcast that you guys are doing is the kind of stuff that is going to start happening. I, I feel like the kind of content that is being offered in podcasting is going to to really change it. And, and I'm, you know, the production level of stuff is going up. And, and this is a great example of, of that. You know, how do you feel just in general about about the future right now of podcasting? I mean, my one of my favorite podcasts recently has been like Homecoming, like the season one of Homecoming. And when I, it, I don't know, and I even though I real I didn't realize I was also doing something not similar to Homecoming, but also high production value storytelling. Uh, ours is fiction, but improvised fiction, and it's just exciting. It's in a way, it's an it is futuristic but it's an homage to back in the day when none of us had televisions and hearing these amazing stories so I, i'm hoping for more of that more homecoming more mission to zixes oh yeah i mean i think even before uh, like working on this show with the whole team um including i think the only person of the six we haven't mentioned yet is alden ford who's kind of the ringleader and of the if to the degree that there is one he plays pleck deck setter but like in, in the in the show but to the even before collaborating with all these people on this show i felt like fiction is the next frontier of of podcasts that and and i think one of the reasons why i also feel like homecoming was a big step forward just because of the quality of the performance um you know it, it, as improvisers we have it a little easier because it's always easier to give a convincing improvised performance than than when you're reading a script um and so we can we um you know, we have it. We have it a little easier than Catherine Keener and Oscar Isaac. You know, I hope they do okay with their careers. Um, but yeah, I, I does just say like I agree that fiction. I think that you know that it's totally plausible that Hollywood studios will put um, the energy that they would put behind a movie into into a podcast that would be so much more affordable and then and can actually get um, heard more widely than a lot of movies will be seen. You know what's funny is we're talking about how fiction is the future of podcasting, and 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 if you look though at the history of radio, I mean that was the beginning of radio, and and I love it. I loved it. This this idea of like the the radio drama, and uh, you know, is all coming back. It it, it just it for me as a radio nerd, uh, it it makes me really happy. Yeah, and anybody, you don't have to look a certain way as long as you have that voice that could convince people too. 
I'm just trying to say that both Seth and I are just huge monsters. <laughs> Honestly, this is embarrassing, but I've like thought repeatedly in the studio. I was like, nobody has to know the amount I'm sweating. It's <laughs> such a crazy large amount of sweat coming out of my body and no one will know it's not I mean, unless well, it now splashes, they know. If well it, now they yeah know. that one time it splashed on the mic audibly that was terrible but okay. and editing is like to like the, the alden uh alden ford and i edit the episodes and just the um you know we also both do video editing and i think he would agree that just like edi audio editing is such a joy because you you know with video you have such a thing as a jump cut and with audio you can just like splice out you know little bits and it and it and it flows completely naturally and you never have to know that i sweat all over the mic my students you know they they usually have a video editing class first and then they get into audio and it's that same kind of like I had no idea how much fun audio editing is, and it, it is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, like, I mean, for instance, at the beginning of the show, I, I was a train wreck of an opening, and and we just started over again. Isn't that great? And we didn't have to waste, a, you know, four rolls of 35-millimeter film. I'd be worried about daylight. <laughs> right. We're losing light. We're losing light. Listen, I want to wrap up with three questions, uh, three killer questions, I call them. The first one is a question I ask everybody. If you were a sandwich personified, not your favorite sandwich, but like if you were a sandwich, which sandwich would you be? Seth Lynn, let's start with you. Hmm. I think not my favorite, but what would I be? I think I would be like a, sl a slider, like a small hamburger. To the I I, I know I'm go I know I'm entering very dangerous territory by calling a hamburger a sandwich. I know that I just alienated a lot of people, a lot of a lot of a lot of. <laughs> Sandwich definition boundary enthusiasts that now hate the podcast, but uh, yeah, I think a slider just because it's like it's kind of it's like small, like I'm a pretty small person, and uh, and it's um, I don't know, like I guess it's a little bit, yeah, I, that's what came to mind, like a slider. Nice, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I would be a sandwich that my mom used to make me in high school, which is take the Persian stew that she made for dinner and put it in between two slices of bread. That's just how I feel sometimes. I'm just you're, like, I'm you're just this place. Persian stew, I'm like out of place between these breads, trying to pretend to be a sandwich, but I'm not a sandwich. <laughs> I'm just stew. <laughs> I think that's my favorite answer to that. <laughs> God, she's your favorite character, your favorite answer. It's like, you know, what? Uh. And she was on my favorite show, Kimmy Schmidt. You're just, the, yeah. you're just the best. Oh, thank you. What a great podcast. Yeah, I know what I'm going to tweet about. <laughs> I'm starting my Twitter today. <laughs> Second question. First piece of technology that you said, this changed my life. For example, mine was a Sony Walkman. I remember getting it from my brother and being like, oh, my gosh, tapes. This is great. I can listen to uh, uh you know, my Asia tape now all over the place. I would think it's because I come from a huge techie family. I'm like, my brothers are techies. My dad did all, he, they are all in Silicon Valley. I just remember my brother, the middle brother, getting uh, like an early Apple la like computer in like early 90s. And just for me, it just created my relationship with my brother was just sitting down and watching him play things. And then for the rest of my life, sitting down and watching him play video games. And so I was never the player. I was always the observer. So perhaps that's that's why I got into storytelling. <laughs> nope, that not a link. Okay. <laughs> I tried so hard. <laughs> also an iPhone. iPhones are pretty, pretty changed my life. <laughs> um, I, this is not first, but I do. I feel like I for, um, I'm 38 years old and I just got my first car uh, last year. 
Um, and I'd never owned a car before. And it's amazing, especially living in Brooklyn, to be able to leave and go to a place where you can hike or just go to the grocery store that's not near the subway that is, yeah, like cheaper and better. So having a car, big, big thumbs up to all you people entering middle age who haven't given it a shot. Lastly, what was the last podcast that you you binged? Um, Probably Homecoming, I think. I listened to all of season one. I haven't listened to season two. And oh, although this is, I guess, is more of like a news binge. But one of my favorite podcasts, just in the morning, is the Daily with Michael Barbaro from New York Times. And I think I was gone. I went on like vacation for like two weeks, and I came back and I listened to all the news. That's not a good binge. That's more like, oh God, what happened? Oh God, all the worst things. <laughs> I missed all these things. Uh, yeah. What about you, Seth? Um, I've been getting really into Song Exploder. Oh, that's a good one. Um, which is, uh, it's a it's a short podcast that just deconstructs songs. It's like a, it's an interview that's not narrated. So it's just the answers from the musician and then the different instrumental parts and vocal parts of the song all separated out and them talking about the history of the song. And then you just, at the end, hear the complete song. And it's just this like perfect structure and they're like 15 minutes. So they're really good for like, I can listen to two of them, two of them on the way in. And even, and, and even like artists, I, with things like the Mark Maron show, like I typically don't, I'm not that interested if I'm not interested in the, person but with this like it's made me appreciate songs i don't think i would like at all if i hadn't just heard the musician tell the story of it and hear like the 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 bits all separate well guys thanks for being my first guest on my new podcast i hope it wasn't too painful no it was great i had a great time i got so many compliments thank you for having us and the new show mission to six uh you can follow it on twitter on facebook but don't bother looking for seth lind because he doesn't tweet anything interesting and mujan maybe you'll start tweeting yeah you know what maybe and we definitely want you to follow the show's twitter don't you don't have to listen to it we're putting all the good stuff on twitter barjarian j does have a twitter account so does nermit bundaloy he's he's tweeted twice once no once but i have an instagram too which is at mujanzi all right, I shall commence very, stalking. Very selective. Thank I mean, you. I mean, I will friend you. Do you want to give? Do you want to give him a little bargy on the way out here? I would or love some bargy. Yes. Okay. Apparently, this is my catchphrase. Toot toot toot. <laughs> Honestly, that's a bad thing. Don't even. Let's not even try. See you later. All right. My favorite time of the show is. <laughs> this is the first time we've done it, so maybe it won't be my favorite time of the show. But my producer, Z, Z, who I've known for three years and still pronounce your name wrong every time. Every single time. Uh, Zayanya. Zayanya. Yes. All right, there we go. Yeah. We just call I don't also always sound like a man, just letting people know. Don't worry about it. You sound great. <laughs> you know what? Guys like that little like, that kind of raspiness. Like raspy sound. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very popular. Sure. It's like was... So she is kind of new, checking out new podcasts, and she's going to tell me about ones that maybe I've missed because... I don't get to hear all the podcasts I want to listen to. It, it's tough to keep up on them. And by the way, all of these podcasts can be heard on iHeartRadio. So I need you to tell me about three that I should be listening to, Z. All right. Well, I actually, Mission to Zix was like that first science fiction one I've ever listened to. And it was so good that I was like, ooh, there's got to be a lot more. And uh, the first one is called The Message by General Electric, which I thought they only made Washington, well, not Washington, um, washing machines and stuff but they have a whole theater podcast and they have a really good one called the message and it's about a cryptographer and she's trying to decode an alien message and it has a really good like group of people trying to help her 
And so if you're really into space and aliens and stuff like that, that's a really good one. Well, let's uh, take a listen to a clip from that. Colonel Eubanks, it turns out, is an old colleague of Robin and Ty's from their NSA days. And just to clarify, Nikki, your recording equipment is live right now, yeah? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, Perry, if you really meant what you said about this being declassified, you won't mind saying it right now. Can we sit down first, or...? Right after you repeat the thing, on the record. The NSA would like to hire Cypher to decode a message we have reason to believe was transmitted by an extraterrestrial. Crazy town, right? Now, Z, I'm going to educate you. That's Ooh. actually a branded content podcast. General Electric put that podcast out as a kind of a brand awareness uh, sort of podcast. There are a lot of branded co content podcasts out there that uh, folks don't know about, but uh, that's a really good example of one, and it's also a really good podcast. Yeah, and so, well, on that note, my second one is also from them because they're just killing it right now, and it's called it's Life turning After. turning into an ad for GE. Yeah, sorry, guys. All right. Uh, the second one, it's called Life After, and it's super eerie. It's about a man who's trying to cope with his wife's recent death, and, like, he's getting haunted by her and stuff like that. Um, if you're into mysteries, and it's a really good one just if you're, like, on a drive and you want to binge on something, that's the one, Life After. Let's check it out. And then... What's the news, Rossi? And I know that's wrong. Hey. I'm talking, talk, talking to you. Because I know her post's cold. And this isn't one of them. I'll repeat for the back row. What's the news, Rossi? All right, creepy stuff there. Do you have one that's not brought to us by GE yes, today, I do. Z? Yes, I do. Come on. Surprisingly, um, I got one from Gimlet Media. Gimlet? Who you're a fan of. I'm not just a fan. I'm a fanatic about Gimlet Fanboy, Media. I love yeah. all of all the podcasts they put out. And uh, my my branded content podcast company that I own, Maddie Media, little plug there. <laughs> uh, I started it because of the show Startup. They're incredible, and this one's called Homecoming. It has an all-star cast with Katherine Keener. She's the mom from Get Out. Oscar Isaac, who is Poe Dameron in the new Star Wars, and David Schwimmer, who is Ross from Friends. So they're series regulars. Um, it's about a woman helping to oversee a government like medical experience, uh, experiment. Sorry. And if you like things like Shutter Island and like creepy government stuff like that, it's a good one. I love that it's a female lead. Super mysterious. And I like podcasts that have like familiar voices. So yeah, Homecoming. Let's check it out. Why are you here? What's going on? As I said, Ms. Bergman, I am asking you about your work at the Homecoming Initiative, but I have to say, you seem to be refusing to provide information. I'm not refusing anything. Any, I just uh, don't remember. Information. Okay. What about the name Walter Cruz? Does that ring a bell? Not that I can recall. And during the interview, Seth and Mujan both were raving about Homecoming, and I feel really dumb that I have not listened to it yet, so I'm definitely gotta get go on that. Check that out. Z, thanks for coming in with your hoarse voice this Thank week. Thank you. I'll be better next time. All right. And <laughs> next time let's let's uh let's get something that GE doesn't produce. Yeah, yeah. I'm there. gonna try. I'm gonna work my hardest on that. GE you can make the check out to access podcasts. <laughs> Just send it in care of Maddie <laughs> San Francisco. All right, we did it. Thanks for listening to our first show. Access Podcast is produced by Zayana De La Vise. No, got it wrong. <laughs> Access Podcast is produced by Z. Engineers David Williams and Horace Wong. Artwork by Dalton Runberg. Special thanks to Chris Peterson, Don Parker, and Katie Wilcox at iHeartRadio. You can follow us on Facebook and see what we look like. 
Just look for Access Podcast, and don't forget to download the iHeartRadio app and go to podcast. Listen to them, share them, and tell your friends about them. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.